0: welcome to the radical christian life with doug and paula
1: we're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical christian life following jesus no matter the call no matter the cost
0: yeah so let's get to it
1: well welcome to a special edition of the radical christian life with doug and paula because we wanted to talk about the middle east crisis right now and how we were how how, what should we be talking about when we're discussing these things uh, I'm yeah, spending, it's on
0: everybody's is, mind yeah. and heart right now.
1: Yeah, and so we've been talking about it. We said, well, let's just kind of record what we've been talking about, and I want to bring out some factors that, um, that I think I think are missing in a lot of conversations. Mm. I've been on Twitter a lot, following both pro Hamas and pro Israel X. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, sites and trying to get live updates and that. And yeah. it's interesting what that people is are the
0: one thing about X that mm-hmm. is that you can really get live. Things versus yeah. a lot of the other news yeah, agencies. versus mainstream
1: media. Yes, I mean yeah. you got to factor everything. You, yeah, try to get uh, as many different voices so yeah. you can make well informed, yeah. you know, decision, not decisions but discussions. So you don't sound like um, a fool. Yeah. That's it. And boy, we've seen some people are turning on each other. It's a, oh it's, my goodness, yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. interesting. The conservatives are really interesting on this one. Oh, oh,
0: I think the liberals, liberals too. too. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Well, and Doug and I we owe you a podcast on missions yeah, <laughs> because yes. we own you a lot of podcasts on missions, but this kind of um, pre pre comes before that. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't think of the yeah. word I was trying to say there because we lived in the Middle East for 12 years in mm-hmm. three different countries. And although we're no experts on this, it does give us a really unique perspective.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. But I I, I tell you though, but I guess I'm a little jaded. When I read people who've lived in the Middle East and stuff, they, everybody acts like an expert. Then (laughs) you can live in people who grew up in the Middle East, you know, they, they they still have their opinion. Mm -hmm. It's still, um, they're seeing a lot of times they're seeing it from one side. So when you get somebody who's like, so pro-israel that they can't see the palestinian side take them with a grain of salt and vice versa when they're yes. like you know drive the jews into the sea it's all they're evil you know apartheid all that okay take it with the grain of salt there is two sides to this discussion yes but what we want to talk is some of the biblical sides we all have yeah. an opinion
0: what should be our responses yeah because we're not about talking about the political here. That's yeah. not, not. we do have our own opinion. We have yes. lots of opinions, yeah. actually. Killing of
1: innocent lives, we all are going to agree on. Is
0: it. never right. Never right. It isn't. Yes. And, and so, waging war on someone else is never right.
1: Yes. And so, yes. Is there historical things that are involved? Yes. Are yes. there theological and biblical things that are involved? Religious things that are involved? Yes.
0: Land issues. Yes. All these yes. things. We get
1: that. Yes. Yeah. So
0: but we thought that today we would talk a little bit more, and this would be our goal: is to talk theologically about some of the conversations that might be missing with people.
1: Yeah, yeah. So let's get going. I called some of these the factors. I was just uh, brainstorming. Yeah. So uh, let's start You're off. So with... So creative, I <laughs> love that. Anyway, so yeah, oh, thank you.
0: The first one, the Abrahamic factor.
1: Yeah, a lot of people, okay, we're going to take it back to Abraham and the father of faith, and there's uh, both the Muslims and the Jews. All the way the back Christians. in Genesis, so this yes. has
0: started a long time ago. Yeah,
1: yeah, there's been conflict ever since Ishmael yeah. and uh, Isaac and that, but uh, but the, there's a something in the Abrahamic... Uh, not covenant because the covenant comes in chapter you might want to guess out there chapter (laughs) 5 15 is where he makes abraham a covenant god makes the covenant with abraham unconditional covenant but he gives the promises he calls abraham abram he doesn't even hasn't changed his name yet calls him Abram in chapter 12, and he makes some promises. And do you want to read those two?
0: Yeah, us? Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land, which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. It's a okay. pretty... Pretty yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, the promises. Coming, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, the land's there and yeah. that. But one of the factors I wanted to bring out there, and this is, again, controversial. We get it. And so what we're not trying to give definitive answers. We're giving scriptures that um, can be used as weapons. We don't want you to use them as weapons. We want mm-hmm. to use them as discussion points for mm-hmm. you first mm-hmm. to think through what you believe and mm-hmm. then have uh, discussions. But when it talks about, I will make you a great nation mm-hmm. and I will bless you and make your name great. And we know those promises are being passed on they were passed on to Isaac and they were passed on to Jacob and then to the Jacob's 12 sons which became the 12 tribes mm. of Israel. And so this blessing and if you look throughout church, I mean throughout history, even in church history, the people who bless the the descendants of Abraham, there's a blessing in it and there's a judgment when those who don't treat his descendants right. Mm. And I think one of the most fascinating passages that a lot of people probably don't even know that is out there is Isaiah 10. There's other passages that parallel that, that, but it's really interesting. God says to Assyria, now, if you don't know church history, let me give you a quick moment, biblical history, not church history, biblical history, God used the Assyrians to judge Israel. Israel apostatized. They were committing great uh, sin, idolatry. They weren't following the commandments of the Lord, and he had promised in Deuteronomy, if you don't follow my, land, you know, my, pro- my commandments, the curse is going to come, and I'm going to drive you out of the land. And he did, and he used the Assyrians. And so God used the Assyrians to judge Israel and kicked them out of the land. This was Israel, not the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom. And yet then in Isaiah 10, God says he's going to judge Assyria. Mm. Wait a minute, he even says that basically they were the instrument I used to judge my people, but you delighted in it and you went too far and in your arrogance you think you did it and you conquered them. And so he judges Assyria Mm. because they didn't treat his people right even in their judgment of them. Mm. And it just reminds me of be careful when we, um, even as a nation, I mean the famous one that is controversial, so this is a good discussion, the British Empire. The sun never set on the British empire, mm. right? They, and they, they literally wrote the Balfour De- declaration, 1917, Lord Belfour in Britain promised a land to the Jews. Mm. And then the British empire was, and they defeated in, one in world war one, one in world war two. But what happened during world between world war one and world war two, they started persecuting the Jews, restricting Jews from immigrating into the land. Mm. They started signing with the Palestinians and the mm. Brit, then the, Jews started fighting against Britain.
0: There's a really interesting... I, I read that not too long ago where what took place in Kristallnacht in Germany and all that actually happened in Britain as well. Not to the extent of that. But Jews were were yeah. ostracized there.
1: Yeah. And have you ever asked yourself... I mean, that's just a great question. Why in throughout church history have people always tried to kill and exterminate the Jews? I know. You know, from, know. from at the book of Esther and uh, with... Um, Heyman and that to try all the way down through church history the pomegroms and uh pomgroms, yeah in russia the you know the nazis and stuff what is it well because satan doesn't want the fulfillment of god's promise in the millennial kingdom and that so that's interesting yeah. and then again so the, but what nation rose up and became the dominant what who replaced britain as the dominant country in the world
0: I would say us.
1: Yes, the first one of the first, if not the first, I can't remember. I don't. Know if we, I think we were the first. But Truman recognized Israel, mm-hmm. and yeah. So now, okay. Now, wouldn't I say that? Does that mean I'm giving a car blanc? I'm using that a biblical thing to give uh, political support to Israel? Now, no, I'm just saying though. But that's something you have to factor on how yes. you treat Jewish people and the descendants of Abraham around mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. That's just something worth discussing. We have to discuss the Abrahamic factor.
0: Yes, but. And I then the know. second one would be the church factor. So we yeah. have the Abrahamic factor, the church yeah. factor. Now, what is the church factor? I was just going to ask <laughs> <Yeah>. you that. <laughs> There's a fascinating
1: <laughs> passage. There's lots of fascinating passages, mm-hmm. right? That we not, I've never really heard too many sermons on. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. I mean, I go, dozens and dozens of sermons I've heard on that. Mm-hmm. It's the famous, you were dead in your sins, but God made you alive and raised you up. By grace, you're saved through faith. And, we, you know, we are his workmanship. God, create, yes. Yeah, I created for good works and all that. Yes. And, but then mm-hmm. 11 through 22 is this passage. And, and I'm, I think for time's sake, let's not read it, Paul. I might mm-hmm. reference it. But you can go and read it yourself. The whole point of the passage is God has now brought Jews and Gentiles together and to make them one new people. Mm. he has brought peace he's removed the hostility between jews and non-jews so we would even say between jews and arabs mm. in this new entity called the church
0: mm.
1: and and all the argument i'm seeing, i'm not or hearing it's the
0: church supposed to be that it's way. supposed
1: to be that way yes. but that's the entity that god yeah,
0: i want to read it because i think okay. it's good is that okay
1: Reading scripture is never okay. wrong. <laughs> no,
0: that's right. Are you going to say no? no? So I'm in Ephesians 2, starting in 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ.
1: That's the Gentiles. So he's talking about the non-Jews. You've been brought to, you know, brought near.
0: For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility.
1: Between Jews and non-Jews. Yes,
0: by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God and in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. Can I
1: just explain that for So, so he preached. Peace to the those who are false, to the Gentiles, and he brought, he brought preached peace to those who are near to the Jews. Mm. So he's talking about these two groups, these two people who had hostility, and he's brought them together and made peace. Mm.
0: For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in him. You also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit.
1: So there it is, the church, the household of God. I love that the the household of God, Mm. the great description of the church and you know, this dwelling place by the spirit, the spirit dwells when the church gathers together and uh, that. That's a beautiful picture. And we need to be talking more about the church right now. How are the Palestinian Christians doing? How are the Jewish Christians doing? Yes, the Messianic Jews. Yes. That's where peace should be taking place. Yes, nations are at war. Hamas is attacking. Israel now is a nation's attacking. There's all. What are we doing to pray and support and encourage the church to be preaching and helping in peace? Yes. Okay, now, does that mean there can't be military operations? Well... That depends. Some people are going to say we should be total pacifists. Mm-hmm. The pacifists are saying, yeah. And others are saying, no, the just war theory. And that's a whole big discussion we're not getting into. <laughs> yeah. But these are discussions you can have on a sideline. But you have yeah. to be talking about the church. Because yes. the church is the institution of peace that Christ has set up. Yeah, And we should be supporting our Jewish and our Palestinian brothers and sisters and helping them. What they need to do to survive, what they need to do to help with peace. Yeah. So, but I just don't hear, I mean, especially on Twitter. I mean, even the Christian sites, they all have opinions. Mm. Uh, it's really funny. I mean, yeah, it seems like everyone's just taking a side mm. and then just attacking the other one. And mm. I don't hear church. I don't hear Christ. And that, no, so.
0: we don't hear any of that, yeah. do we? No. Yeah.
1: Actually, can we, I wanna, I wanna skip down, do the Armageddon one. Let's okay. Let's do that one next.
0: Um, the next factor is the Armageddon factor. Yeah.
1: So I kind of wrote out a little order here that she's following. <laughs> yeah. I'm changing the order. We do order. our
0: little bullet points. So
1: The yeah. Armageddon factor, what is that? <laughs> well, this is something you should be just knowing and thinking about. Uh, again, it's a, we did a whole series of podcasts on prophecy. Mm-hmm. Listen Not to so those ago. to just yep. refresh what you think about prophecy. Because again, how, what you think about eschatology in the end times is going to affect how you're seeing what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. But the Armageddon factor is something I always have in mind. Let me just go on a digression. Just to let you know how much of a nerd I am and how much mm-hmm. I get into this. So uh, what a week ago Saturday was October 6th, and or Friday. Friday was October 6th. And most people in America don't even know anything about that. But I woke up and I said, ah, it's October 6th. We know what that means. We lived mm-hmm. in Egypt. It was the day it started the Yom Kippur Sixth War. 6th of October. Yeah, yeah, 6th October was. And then they celebrate that in, uh, as a holiday in Egypt. And I said, "Huh, you know what I think?" It was my day off. I said, "I want to study again. I love studying military. I love studying history. I love some prophecy. I'm just just want to just study." And then I went on and just started reading, and I watched all these YouTube. Yeah, we, study were, we all our, about the Mossad. We sent
0: our, spent our Sabbath yeah. watching all about yeah. Israel. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting. And and,
1: and, and how the Mossad has to protect Israel because so many people want to drive them into the sea want to make them extinct mm.
0: yeah let me let me just speak into that first thing because our daughter said this and i it made me think about it in a little bit different way our daughter lives in the netherlands her husband is dutch and so that's where they reside and she was saying you know if every european country that was on our borders hated us and expressed her hatred for us and said we want to kill them and drive them into sea the sea that would make you think a little bit differently, yeah, about how you survive, what that looks yeah. like, and really that is what Israel deals with, yes,
1: don't they? Yeah, and and us sitting in another country cannot fully understand what a Jewish person is feeling living in their, their house and what a Palestinian is feeling and living in their house, yeah. So you can try, you can try, and we should just you know, but. Their mindsets are just so different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's my point. So just, yeah, just I've been studying and then, then, then the uh, attack by Hamas into yeah, the, the next land. day. Next day yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. And a failure on the Mossad for not knowing that this attack was coming. It's just, it was, it was fascinating. I was like, almost like the Lord was just, I don't want to make this hyper-spiritual, but I was like, huh, uh, it was my- the Timing was interesting. Yeah, my heightened uh, antenna for spiritual things and what's going on in prophecy. But I always think of the Armageddon factor and the Armageddon factor is gonna happen at the end. Okay, it's at the end. So this isn't like today's Armageddon. Mm, but yeah. Listen to these two. In passages. the prophetic calendar. Yeah. One side We're is, not there yet. Yes. That's what you're saying. Yes, yes. yes. But listen to what it says in Zechariah 12 and 14. And these are talking about future passages. Some people would say this all happened, I and mean, you don't know, no. These are if you're into prophecy, most people who study and understand prophecy, Zechariah 12 through 14 is talking about the day of the Lord, this future day that's going to come at the end time. And listen to these two passages.
0: Zechariah 12, 3. It will come about in a day, in that day, that I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All who lift it will be severely injured, and all the nations of the earth will be gathered against it.
1: Okay, listen to that last phrase. All the nations of the earth will be gathered against it.
0: Yeah, And then Zechariah 14, 2. For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city will be captured, the houses plundered, the women ravished, and half of the city exiled. But the rest of the people will not be cut off from the city.
1: So again, context shows you this wasn't something 70 AD thing. This wasn't something 5886, 586 uh, Babylonian time when they captured Jerusalem. No, this is a future day of the Lord that's going to come But the point is, it talks about the nations will be gathered. Mm. This parallels with Ezekiel 38 and 39 when it's talking about Gog and Magog will then come against Israel, Mm. and they're going to be bringing other nations that will come to seek to destroy uh, Israel. And Revelation 19, when Jesus comes back with his saints and his angels and coming back and wages war against these nations. Uh, So so my point is, this shouldn't catch us off guard, that Mm. there's going to come a time that all the nations are going to hate Israel. They're going to hate what's going on in Jerusalem and they're going to come against it. Yeah. So, so
0: when that question is asked of you or we're asked it, which we are, it's right there. Yeah. We see that this is a biblical prophetic yeah. happenings. Yes.
1: But, but it's, it's, the, I, I, I call it the beginning of birth pangs. Mm, this isn't yeah. the tribulation period, right? This isn't, uh, and I'll explain more. Why? But I want to go to the next factor because it leads right into that. The Gentile factor.
0: Okay. So the Gentile factor.
1: Want to read the scriptures? Sure. Yeah.
0: Luke 21, 24. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led captive into all the nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. I didn't
1: set you up right. They will be uh, fall by the edge. Of the sword. I'm just talking about the Jewish the nation. Yeah. The nation will be full. And... Until the time of the Gentiles will be filled. We are in the time of the Gentiles now. Yes, okay. we are in the church. We age. can look at what's going on in Jerusalem, and and actually, okay, this is going to flip people out. Flip people out. Okay, flip people out. <laughs> Israel may be kicked out of the land, but they're going to be regathered again. I don't think they're going to be kicked out of the land. I don't see that at all. But I'm just saying, this isn't the time of Israel right now. Mm. It's it, that's not saying Israel doesn't have a right to the land. That's not what I'm saying. Don't go to those extremes. I'm not talking political. I'm talking theological. Mm. This is the time of the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the, our eyes should just, as much as we're looking at the Middle East, which I love prophecy. Mm. My eyes are also looking in the jungles of Papua New Guinea, or uh, I always talk about Papua New Guinea, or Indonesia, <laughs> or uh, Nepal, or China, or you know, wherever the gospel. If there's some unreached people groups, which are very few, they're very few. Mm-hmm. They don't listen to the lies of the world that you know, uh, or the lies of even. Oh, anyways, I want to go with all the, the gospel is <laughs> penetrating in places through yes. satellite TV, through internet and stuff. Yeah, that it's exciting. Yeah, times. it's exciting time, because Christ won't come back. He says in Matthew twenty four fourteen. In this gospel, the kingdom must be preached uh, in all the world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Yeah, and we know from all the passages, Daniel seven, Revelation five there will be people from every tribe and tongue and nation mm. worshiping God in heaven. So that's the time of the Gentiles we're in. So yes, that's exciting. It is. Okay. I'm
0: going to go ahead and finish with Romans 11, 25 yeah. on that one. For I do not want you brethren to be uninformed of this mystery so that you will not be wise in your own estimation that a partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Yes. What does that mean, Doug? A partial hardening. Israel's
1: hardened. They're, they're, so that's a great thing. I love what John Piper said. I was listening to a thing, him talking about it. He calls it, they're, they're a, a nation in treason right now. Mm. And that's kind of like, because mm. they've rejected their Messiah. Yes. They've rejected their King. You know, These are
0: not people that are following yeah. Jesus.
1: The book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew is targeted toward, was targeted toward Jews. I mean, Matthew wrote it to reach mm. the people. His mm-hmm. people, the Jews. And it's the one that's emphasizes the most the kingship of Jesus. I mean, it starts off uh, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Right there, David. Why is David put first? Because he's the king. Mm-hmm. And when it goes on the genealogy, you know, and Abraham and Isaac, it says, and David, the king. Mm-hmm. I mean, just these little things I just show you, it's about mm-hmm. his kingship. But how can they claim, how can Israel right now claim, oh yeah, it's our land because God promised our land, but we're turned our back on God's king that he set over Mm, us mm. and so you got to always take their claim to the land with with a grain of salt now again that's political and i want to be careful but they don't make israel's state right now like they're under the blessing of the lord because Mm. they've accepted the promises of god no how did piper put it non-covenant keeping people can't claim the covenants that were promised to them
0: because mm. they're not,
1: key, they didn't keep the covenant and the ultimate covenant that was made through Jesus. Yeah, they're King, yeah. you know, and that's the new, that's the new covenant. And so, so, anyways, that's important, and which brings it's, us to the next thing.
0: Yes, the rapture factor. The
1: rapture. I, we
0: can't, we can't let's like slide by this one. So
1: many of my friends have have a have have left the fold Paula it makes so, me so many sad. of your friends Fa- family and friends <laughs> who've left the fold and they love Jesus I believe they're going to heaven but they've given up on the pre-tribulational rapture theory <laughs> they think we're going through the tribulation and if that's your if that's the case i'd be watching what's going on in israel even closer because mm. if that explodes and all of a sudden it's going to come you're going to be caught up in the wrath of god and all the hell that's going to be unleashed on earth when god's judging the nations and the bowls and the vials and the trumpets are being pour, poured out from revelation that's going to fall on your head so mm. if i was you i'd be pretty nervous mm. i'm not <laughs> no we may die and get caught up in a suicide bombing here in America or whatever. I mean, right. people are so afraid of death. Christians aren't afraid of death. No, <laughs> it, we aren't. It's yes. just drives me crazy. It means you go to heaven. Yeah. yeah I mean, God oh, you may even get a martyr's crown. How cool is that? Mm. Why are we so afraid of death? But what I'm, my eyes, I'm not worrying. I'm waiting for the rapture. Mm. That's when the, that's when the clock for Israel starts again. Mm. When God that church, that one entity that he set up, mm. when he raptures his church would, well, come. On, I'll let you read the scriptures in a second. When he raptures them up, then the prophetic clock goes, boom, okay, now he's going to deal with all those promises he made in the Old Testament and the New Testament, which is interesting because you read that about the Gentiles in Revela- Romans eleven twenty four. 24. Yeah. You read 25. The next verse says, and then all Israel will be saved. Mm. There's a future for the Jews. Yes, They will be in the land, and their king is going to rule from Jerusalem. We'll talk in a second. But it all starts when the rapture happens. Mm. Why do we believe in the pre-tribulational rapture? Well,
0: well, First Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. So we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these
1: words. Now, if there's wasn't, why did he say comfort one another with these words? Well, you're going to go through hell and the tribulation, and it's going to be miserable, and you're going to suffer, and the wrath of God's going to be poured out on earth and stuff. Oh, but you're going to be raptured in at the end of that, and then take comfort in that. No, the comfort is you don't have to worry. Yeah. Don't live in We don't fear. have to walk through that. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then 1 Corinthians 15, 51. I'm going to start there. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immorality immortality, immortality.
1: yeah <laughs> that's yeah. a bad word yeah, mix yeah, up yeah, immortality exactly. but that's what we're waiting for to be changed to get that glorified yeah. body yeah yeah so anyways that
0: those should be words of comfort for yeah. us as believers yeah
1: and then so if you have that theology right you're not flipping out over what's going on i mean you're keeping an eye and you're yeah. praying and you're supporting the church and you're praying for peace and uh you're not flipping out cuz you know that the rapture what's the next thing to happen on a prophetic calendar and then we need to remember the millennial factor yeah and this yeah. is oh uh, you've heard us we have whole podcasts on this a lot yes. again a lot of people don't agree with us on that on on don't agree with us on this but they're wrong but anyways uh, because to that me that
0: always bothers me when you do that when you say a lot of people
1: well they are the whole they're amali- more on millennials than they are yes. pre millennials Really? Oh, the whole Catholic Church, the whole Lutheran Church, the whole Presbyterian Church, the whole Orthodox Church. The huh. Yeah, oh yeah, they uh, really Christ is going to reign on earth. That's... Okay, a
0: lot of people disagree with yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> but we're holding to this. Because... Remember,
1: few, oh yeah. Yeah, right.
0: yeah, because of Revelation 21 through
1: 6. And many 6. other scriptures, not just this, <laughs> yes, but this is yes. clear.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm reading out of Revelation 20. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding the key of the abyss and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon and the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over him so that he would not deceive the nations any longer. Don't miss that. He would not deceive the nations any longer until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. Then I saw thrones... And they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God, and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand, and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years.
1: Christ is going to reign on earth. The Old Testament promises are going to happen. Earth does not, I mean, God does not lose on earth. God wins. He'll Mm. restore creation. There'll be peace on this earth. The wolf and the leopard, the wolf will lie down with the lamb. The leopard will dwell with the, wait a minute. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the.
0: I don't goat. know. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone quotes it wrong. Yeah, yeah
1: Isaiah 11, 6. but it's gonna nobody be, knows the yeah, second know, half of yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> but there is going to be peace on this earth, and it's going to be what we're waiting for. Mm. And so that and and Jerusalem is going to be the center, and Christ is going to fulfill all the promises mm. where it talks about even when even when God. M. Gabriel said to Mary that your son is going to reign on the throne of his father David.
0: Mm.
1: That's great news. Yes. Where did Where did David reign from? He wasn't reigning in heaven. David no. ruled from Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yeah. That's why Psalm two says, "For I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill." It's a prophet. It's a prophecy mm. of Jesus in Psalm mm. two. And oh yeah, I just get excited thinking about <laughs> that. So yeah. So anyways, we could go on and on, but. Let's me just let just do the last one, because okay. I think this is the big thing that's it missing. Is. It's missing. And it, I've actually been so missing a little is. bit of me. I've been getting a little bit too much getting off into the political arguments mm. instead of bringing it back to why this is such a great time mm. to, to be alive and when you're talking to non-Christians because of the evangelism factor. Evangelism factor. Everybody's wanting to find a solution for peace in the Middle East. And we have the answer. Mm-hmm. There will be no peace until the Prince of Peace comes. Yes. And the we need to be talking about, and this is why we have to support the church because it's the entity that, you know, peace. You know, the church shouldn't be taking up guns and fighting and stuff like that. They should be willing to die. They, they should be the willing to be not. So when I say martyrs, not jihadist martyrs, they're the ones who are willing to lay down and love mm. to care for the hurting, to care, the red cross, that kind of idea of going in there and trying to preach peace. Now, does that mean that Israel can't go in and try to get the hostages and there can't be, you know, there's going to be war. And that's not my point. Mm. That's the political side. Where is the church, not just in the political side, but in the loving, caring testimony of peace in the midst of this yes and yeah that, that i'm sorry i'm kind of ranting on that no, that's what I we should be that. talking about the prince of peace yes why don't yes. we read the famous passage you Out can of start isaiah? singing it you can start singing if you want yeah. Antibles, Messiah.
0: oh yeah it's beautiful isaiah 9 6 i'm starting in and many of you know this but i'm going to say it again for to us a child is born and to us a son is given
1: That, that's it. That, that is literally summarizes everything we've been talking mm. about. We're waiting for the Prince of Peace to come. Yes. That's what we're waiting for the rapture. He, when he comes, we're waiting for the millennial kingdom. When he establishes his throne on, on the, on Zion, the city of David, and that peace will reign. The government will be, he will institute the Mm. righteous government. It's not the Israeli government. It's not Hamas. It's not the Palestinians. It's not, you know, Iran. It's not America. It's, it's his government that will ultimately bring in peace. Yes. And that's why we need to be talking more about Jesus. I haven't seen these conservative Christian commentators on Twitter Talking about Jesus as the solution, Jesus as the answer. Yes. And that's He is the only answer. So I'm not railing on them. I'm talking about us. Yeah. Me. What, what are what our am, responses? What am I saying? And I've made it re, I'm recommitting myself to. I'm going to bring up Jesus more. I'm going to talk about, oh, yeah, Hamas should be doing this, or Israel should be doing this, and Netanyahu should be doing this, and Iran should be doing this, and America should be doing no, no, no. Let me talk to you about Jesus, mm-hmm. okay? Because He's the one who's given me peace, He's mm-hmm. the one why I don't have to fear what's going to happen in the future, yeah. and He's the one who's ultimately going to establish peace, yeah. And I think it can be summarized in Jesus's words Himself out of Luke, yes. Yeah, you want to read this? this?
0: Is an incredible passage, and if you Don't memorize scripture, you should, but at the minimum, you should write this down for in times like this, this is one of the best things we can remember. Luke 21, 28, Jesus says, but when these things begin to take place, straighten up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near.
1: Thanks for listening to The Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. I think it's at this time we're supposed to do some pitch like hit the subscribe button or donate but we just want to say, do what you want. We trust way more in the sovereignty of God than in the Christian industrial marketing complex. You just keep living radical for Jesus, and so will we. And let's watch how he blesses us all. We'll see you next time.